You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today, we'll be continuing our series amidst the lockout. Absolutely zero present baseball news to talk about because millionaires and billionaires are fighting over money. Uh, and on top of that, they aren't even fighting over money currently. They're just not meeting. It doesn't sound like until the new year. So we are in this thing for the long haul. Got to make up some fun fun content in between uh, now and when they finally decide they want to come to an agreement. So we'll be continuing our series of ranking the five best players at every position in the history of the Detroit Tigers. We've done catcher. We've done first. We've done second. That puts us on to shortstop. Now, shortstop is a little interesting because in the modern era of Tigers history, and we 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 this is all of Tigers history. So we we dip into the to the dead ball era in the early 1900s. We do we have uh, for for almost every position on this list. But in the modern era of Tigers history, in the in the length, unless somebody listening to this show is in their hundreds, with with which if you are, please hit me up because I would love to give you uh, a hug or a shout out or something because that would be amazing. But uh, in the lifetime of everybody who is probably listening to this show, there have not been too many very good shortstops, right? The, the, it's not a incredibly deep position in the modern era of the Tigers. I mean, even you, you can even go back and say in the last 50 years, it is not an incredibly deep position, right? Outside of Tram, that's not a spoiler alert. Everybody knows that he's going to be very high on this list. Outside of Trammell, this is not a position that's particularly deep as far as like all-time ranking. We, we haven't really had too many fantastic shortstops over the years, and, and we signed Javi Baez this offseason. So hopefully we can, we, can, uh, we can change that up a little bit and get some more, some more great shortstops coming through uh, the Motor City. But it's just this, is, this was easily, I don't want to say the most difficult, uh, because I feel like difficult, honestly, has a negative connotation. I love doing this. And I think that ba- baseball history is like my thing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to it. So it's it's really fun for me. It's not, it, it, so I wouldn't say difficult, but it was definitely uh, the one that I had to look into the most and had the uh, the, the hardest time making a set five on. And I, I am comfortable and confident in my five. Um but it, it was definitely the one that, that took the longest to shape for the five to shape up. That's for sure. I, I, I think I can say that with, with some relative ease. So we're going to start with number five, as we always do. Uh, shortstop no, uh, coming in at number five was on the Tigers from 2011 to 2013. Not a super long stint. Right, only three, three and a half years, but uh, he he was damn good 
in those three, three and a half years. And that is Johnny Peralta. Johnny, Johnny with an H. Johnny Peralta. Um, Johnny was, was interesting, man. He, he really was. He was a, for starters, a power hitting shortstop, which, uh, in, in this era of baseball, there's, there seems to be a little bit of a pickup and that seems to be a lot more prevalent, but at the time, really outside of Troy Tulowitzki, there was not too many shortstops that were going to go out there and give you 20 plus home runs a season. And Johnny Peralta was definitely one of those guys retired at age 35 with 200 and two career home runs, 873 career RBIs, uh, and a very, well, not uh, very, but a, a 752 OPS. Uh, and, and at his peak, I mean, he was, uh, he was a masher. At, at his peak, he was getting into the mid-800s in OPS. And that offense was unreal. <clears throat> Excuse me. That offense of that era of Tigers baseball was absolutely phenomenal. And Johnny Peralta just added to what was already a fantastic uh, offense. And, you know, he he gets... He got some some heat for the defense over the years, which I always found interesting because he actually was a very good defender. When you look at defensive runs saved in in, in a Tigers uniform, I guess I should say, uh, and and very good might be a little dramatic, but he had a plus one DRS in 2010, a plus two in 2011, a minus one in 2012, and a minus four in 2013. Uh, and, and his zone ratings were positive for pretty much his entire Tigers tenure as well. He had a negative 20 career DRS at shortstop. But, I mean, in 2014, he had a plus 15 DRS in 1,300 innings. Uh, and his career low was in 2006 with Cleveland. He had a minus 7. So he he had the ability to, to play decent shortstop and he didn't make too many errors. And that's why, you know, at, at the time people were, people were like, Oh, Johnny Peralta is not a bad shortstop that if the ball was hit where he could get it, he wasn't bad. It was just, he didn't have, he didn't have fantastic range. And that was really what a lot of the defense, the, the hindrance that he had on defense came down to. If, if it was hit, hit in Johnny's area, he was fine, and, and he was pretty sh- sure-handed with the glove and could make a decent play, but uh, Johnny's area was not very big, that's all. But uh, the offensive production speaks for itself. We already talked about home run totals in the Old English D would be 21, 13, and 11. Um, the walk numbers, 8.3 career walk percentage, whatever, 19.8% K percentage, whatever. Uh, career... Slugging percentage of 423. Now his career slugging percentage in Detroit, 478 in 2011, 384 in 2012. He had a really like not very good year in 2012, even though the rest of the team did, obviously. Uh, but then 2013. 2013, pre-suspension, Johnny Peralta in 2013 was an absolute animal. Had a 457 slugging percentage with a 303 batting average, a 3.6 WAR in only 107 games, getting about a third of the season cut off. There uh, would come back at the very end of the season, actually, 
Um, but uh, they they had acquired Jose Iglesias and such by then, and and the the writing was on the wall. He was suspended, and they wanted they they didn't need the offense, right? And and while I'm not I'm not trying to make Peralta out to be some you know silver slugger esque hitter. Uh, he was an offensive shortstop in a lineup that desperately needed some defensive help and did not necessarily need a, I mean, his OPS numbers by year, 824, 689, and 815. His WRC plus in his three full years here was 120, 122, then 86, and then 124. So solid, solid offensive numbers, well above league average numbers. Um, but the, the offense didn't need like uh, another, you, you're above, you're, you're a solid hitter. You know what I mean? If he was a, if he was a silver slugger esque hitter, that would have been, you know, that they, they, they probably would have looked past it and not moved on from him. But at a, in a, in a, just a team that was so putrid defensively, so horrid defensively and that, that didn't again, didn't desperately need any more offense with, with such a good lineup as is the, the best lineup in baseball, I would say at the time. Um, it, it was, I, I agree with the move to bring in a more defensive minded shortstop and, and let Peralta go, but that's not to say Peralta wasn't a, wasn't a damn good ball player, man. 4.8 war in 2011, two war in 2012 and 3.6. Like I said, in only a hundred, a little over a hundred games in 2013. So Johnny Peralta coming in at number five. We will get to number four after I tell y'all about Bill Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. That's Bill Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat while also being high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have the raspberry? Will you have the mint brownie? Will you have the cherry, the double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie? There's so many options to choose from. Built Bar gives you that extra feel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep going. So throw in your jacket, your purse, you never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, do not bring up for your favorite Bilt Bar at holiday parties and family gatherings. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it, and things could get a little out of hand. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up to something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little bit. Give your beverage that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand because it could get a little messy. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays? Well, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, they're fluffy, they're marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, you won't believe that they're also filled with protein. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Continuing 
our list of the greatest shortstops in the history of your Detroit Tigers. Coming in at number four, we have Billy Rogel. Now, Billy, if, if you are unaware of Billy, Billy played in the 30s. He was on that 35 World Series team, the starting shortstop for that team. Uh, Billy could hit a little bit, man. And and the biggest thing was he was a, a big-time plus defender. right? He, he would have his good seasons offensively. He also, admittedly, would have some pretty horrible seasons <laughs> offensively. Definitely wasn't known for the bad. Not something he he that that his hat was hung on, but was a big time plus defender and in an offense that had a ton of Hall of Famers on it. Had several Hall of Famers, had perennial All Stars on it, had people that have statues in the outfield on it. Just in, in a similar conversation to what we talked about with the early 2010s team when Peralta left at for for Iglesias, right? They didn't necessarily need him to be some fantastic hitter. They just needed him to be sure with the glove, and he sure as hell was that. Uh, career 42 home runs. Had, had a, Even had a full season in 1933 with zero homers. Actually had a couple seasons with zero homers. Uh, career high in home runs was 1932 with nine. Uh, had an 100 RBI season with three home runs in 1934. That is unbelievable <laughs> to have a 100 RBI season with three home runs. That's pretty incredible. 22.6 career war. Played for the Red Sox for a few years before the Tigers. Came over to the Tigers in 1930. And then would play his final season of his career with the Cubs in 1940. These war numbers are, are really respectable. Like I said, 22.6 in his career. But listen to this stretch he went on in his prime. From 1933 to 1935, 33, he had a 5.3 war, then a 4.7 war, and then a 4.5 war in 1935 for the World Series team. Uh, had an 11% walk percentage, which is pretty damn good, but it gets even more ridiculously impressive when it's paired with a 7% K percentage. He didn't just walk a little bit more in his career, more than he struck out. He walked significantly more in his career than he struck out. It was not even remotely close consistently in the double digits for his walk percentages consistently at or around 5% for his uh, K percentages by season. He, he, was, he was a good ball player, man. Good ball player. And again, the, the, the people on those teams, uh, the, the supporting cast really just needed to show up and do their jobs and not mess up in the field. And that is exactly what Billy Rogel did. I mean, the OPS also isn't that. I mean, a 722 career OPS in, in 1931. He had an 815 OPS in 1935. Had a 754. I mean, it, it, a 267 career batting average. He, he wasn't. He, he definitely was not, uh, was not a liability at the plate. I don't want to make it sound like that. I mean, he could hit a little, like I said at the very start of it. Um, had a 300 batting average in 1931. I think the biggest thing was just the lack of power, a 370 career slugging percentage. But again, 
If you want to slap the ball around the field, not strike out, draw a few walks, and be a very good defender, well, then that's <laughs> it's really all you need, baby, on a team that has uh, some of the greatest hitters of all time on it. And uh, he was a pretty important team to that, a pretty important piece to that 1935 World Series team. So Billy Rogel coming in at number four. At number three, we have another uh, very modern player. We have Carlos Guillen, the third best shortstop in Tigers history. Now, Guillen was a Tiger from 2004 all the way until he would retire after the 2011 season. 25.5 career war, but uh, at his peak, he was he was a problem, man. At 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 Carlos Guillen's peak, he was one of the better shortstops in all of baseball. And he he wasn't the 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 greatest defender by any stretch. Had some had uh, it, it, a season where he was like at a negative one or negative two DRS at shortstop was a good year for him. Uh, he would go on to have a, a couple of pretty. I mean, in two thousand seven, he was he was absolutely a liability at shortstop, and that's when uh, the Tigers made the switch to move him to to third for a little bit, and then eventually he would just get moved to first base, where he actually was kind of actually a pretty good defender at first, but uh, at shortstop for for a majority of his career and all of his prime. Uh, so, like I said, slightly negative defender, but my goodness, could Carlos Guillen hit a baseball pretty damn well, eh? And uh, his OPS in his career was just under 800, 798. And if you go by season, a 921 OPS in 2004, an 803 in 2005, a 920 again in 2006, an 860 in 2007, 811 in 2008. And then his last three years would go 757, 746. Uh, and then in the 28 games he played in 2011, he was a 633, but he was pretty much on his way out by then. WRC plus for his career was 111, but again, that three-year stretch, man, I guess you could even say four. 2007 was a pretty good season for him offensively too, but that three-year stretch from 2004 to 2006, and again, you could throw in 2007 in there, was pretty remarkable. WRC plus of 141, 116, 137, and 120. The war by season there, 2004, he had a 5.4 war. Uh, 2005, he had a 2 war. Then 2006, a 5.8 war for Carlos Guillet in 2006. Unbelievably impressive. Uh, absolutely one of the better players on that 2006 miracle run, magical team, and uh, a lot of it. A lot of it has to do, do not get it twisted, a lot of that has to do with Carlos Guillen. So, he is going to come in as our third best Tiger shortstop. I almost just said Tiger. Third best Tiger shortstop of all time. Also one of uh, one of my mom's favorite players ever. Always, always a big Carlos Guillen household. I used to have a magnet, actually, on my fridge that said... Uh, fear up the middle, and it was Placido Polanco and Carlos Guillen on a, on a little refrigerator magnet. Um, I, I man, I loved that team so much. I could do a whole show just on the 2006 Tigers, man. Oh, 
Carlos Guillen, like I said, one of the one of the more prevalent parts. And I think he kind of gets overlooked when talking about the offense because Maglio was obviously the focal point. And Maglio was unbelievable. And we he will most certainly be on, on the right field list when we get around to that part of the diamond and probably pretty high up it. But I, I think Carlos Guillen's a little bit overlooked when talking about the landscape of the offense. I mean, this 2006 and 2004 seasons... I mean, the, the, the 320 batting averages for three years in a row, pretty much. Uh, 379, 368, and 400 on base percentages. And then slugging percentages of 542. He's pump, pumping out mid-500 slugging percentages out of the shortstop position. Uh, and, and and like I said, at, at his peak, before the decline started, while he was never a big plus defender, um, he, he was about average you know about average maybe just a hair below average and, and when you're getting with a production he had at the plate behind that you're going to take that 10 times out of 10 so Carlos Guillen coming in as our third best shortstop in Detroit Tigers history we'll get to the t- other two the top two after I tell y'all about betonline.ag betonline has you cover this holiday season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait. Take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, we are back here for our third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. We are ranking five greatest shortstops in Tigers history. So far, we have Johnny Peralta at five, Billy Rogel at four, Carlos Guillen at three, and now we're going to head into number two. Number two is going to be Donnie Bush. If you don't know Donnie Bush, now you know, baby. He was the shortstop for the Tigers during the Ty Cobb era. Um, another player that, while he wasn't necessarily the the, certainly wasn't a power hitter. We'll get that out of the way. He had uh, he had nine career home runs. Uh, from and he played what a nice little 15 year career, 16 year career, and had nine career home runs. His career high in homers for a season was 1910 when he had three. Okay, so wasn't uh, wasn't the most incredible with the bat, but was very much known for his defense. Was a very solid defender and put up some pretty respectable seasons uh, in the in the early years of Tigers history. And I, I I love giving flowers to the to the the firsts. You know, while Donnie Bush was not the first shortstop in the history of the Tigers, he was certainly the first shortstop staple in the history of the Detroit Tigers. His rookie season was in 1908. The Tigers had only been around for about six years, seven years at that point. Uh, Donnie Bush was the first staple as he would end up being the Tigers shortstop from 1908 all the way until 1921. Uh, the first staple at shortstop and, and was there for many, many years. So I, I like giving flowers to those guys, but 
he, uh, he has some pretty respectable seasons. I mean, in 1909, his first full season, had a 273 batting average, uh, paired with a 380 on on-base percentage. His slugging for his career was horrible. It's 300. We already know he, he didn't get any extra base hits, but this was also the dead ball era. That was a lot more common that back then. Not too many people, period, were getting very many extra base hits. He had a 96 career WRC+, plus, but like I said, in 1909, had a six and a half war season in 1909 with a 273 batting average and a very solid, very very plus defensive rating as well. Uh, by by all accounts, uh, of a very very solid defender there at shortstop. In 1910, he had a 5.4 war season. Uh, in 1912, a four-war season. In 1914, a five-war season. A couple more four-war seasons sprinkled out there. And then his last few years, he was he was kind of a league average player. But um, I, I I just think it's cool. Again, I I think I I enjoy giving props to uh, the origins of the team just as much as I do the present-day players of the team. And while on a pure talent level. Carlos Guillen was absolutely, uh, 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 if you faced Donnie Bush and Carlos Guillen up both in their primes against modern day pitchers, Carlos Guillen is obviously going to fare better. I'm not going to deny that, but um, in, you know, they played in their era. There was, there's nothing anyone can do about when they were born. So uh, as, as far as the production that they gave in an old English D for their careers, Donnie Bush, the, the the first staple at shortstop that this beautiful organization ever really had, uh, and he is going to come in at come in at number two in our top shortstops of all time, and number one, no surprise to anyone at all that knows anything about the Detroit Tigers, Alan Trammell. Uh, this is this might be the easiest lock on the entire list. I think it is. I think I'm confident. Uh, eh. I'm for he's sure certainly the the easiest lock we've had up to this point. I'll say that there is zero debate. There was there is no one even remotely close uh, to Alan Trammell when ranking the greatest shortstops in the history of this organization. No one even in the same stratosphere. No one in the same universe as him. He is completely on his own. At the top, uh, they wouldn't even have a pedestal of first, second, third. It would just be Alan Trammell alone, and he would be the only one standing on the pedestal. That's that's how far ahead he is of everybody else in this ranking. But uh, for I mean, what what really is there to say? It was a rookie at 19 years old in 1977, and would play all the way until he was almost 39 in 1996. In 1996, at 30. At 38 years old, still played in 66 games. Uh, wasn't wasn't very good in those 66 games, but it was time to hang him up anyway. 63.7 career WAR, and every single one of them in a Detroit Tigers uniform. He's another one along with Lou Whitaker that was uh, f- his entire professional career, not just his major league career. He was drafted by the Detroit Tigers in 1976. And until his uh, would play his final game as a professional baseball player, uh, as in the Detroit Tigers organization too. So that that obviously is going to get you some points too. But some some unreal seasons and an unreal career.
I mean, truly, like I said, just under 64 career war. Uh, at, there, I mean, there, there's a couple of stretches here where he goes off. Uh, at the beginning, from ages 22 to 24, had I mean, they had a four and a half war season at 22 years old, then a three six and a three seven. But then he hits his prime in '83, had a 5.6 war in the 1984, a seven war season out of Alan Trammell, a plus defender, a plus hitter, 111 career WRC plus, but had a few seasons in the 130s. And then in 1987, the year that he should have won MVP, by the way, cough, cough, uh, had a 152 WRC plus and a, almost an eight war. He, uh, he, he Honestly, there's an argument he should have won MVP in 84 too. Uh, but that, cause that one went to a closer. Now it was our closer. It was the Tigers closer. So like, we'll take, we'll take MVPs any way we can get them. Uh, but I mean, looking back on it now that closer is, you know, a real position that like every team has, and it wasn't just some anomaly of like, Oh, this guy's a two winning closer and nobody's ever seen that. So he's going to get the MVP phenomenal season. But uh, in hindsight, I mean, Tram, Tram had a year, man. You know, and and he, and he did a, a couple of times. Nineteen eighty four had an eight fifty one OPS, but like I said, that nineteen eighty seven season being a plus defender and having a nine fifty three OPS, a three forty three batting average, a five oh two OBP, a five fifty one slug out of the shortstop position. Uh also, I mean, in the modern era, to have your walk percentage and K percentage almost be identical is pretty ridiculous. A 9.1 career walk percentage and a 9.3 career K percentage. 285 career batting average, 767 career OPS. Like I said, a 111 WRC plus. Sure-handed with the glove, a a damn good defender. Um, Several six-war seasons, multiple seven-war seasons. Uh, Like I said, just under 64 career war for the career. I just said career about 18 times. I apologize. 185 was his home run total, would retire with just over 1,000 career RBIs, but also had 236 career stolen bases. I mean, he he had several 2020 seasons. In 1986, he had 21 homers and 25 RB, uh, 25 stolen bases, rather. And then 198, how does he not win MVP in 1987, man? 28 homers, 21 stolen bases, 105 RBIs, and a good defender, I mean, my goodness, uh, Alan Trammell what certainly uh, one of the greatest Detroit Tigers to ever play in the history of, of this organization at any position. Uh, he, he's making a list of some of the greatest Tigers ever and absolutely deserves it. He is comfortably, not even close, the greatest shortstop in the history of this beautiful organization. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Uh, we'll back at it tomorrow. You can make tomorrow's episode your first listen every day, too, as we head into third base. But today, make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you guys for rocking with me. Like I said, back tomorrow for third base. I finally get to talk about my boy, my favorite athlete in any sport of all time. If you think he's not making this list, you have lost your mind. Uh, yeah, heading into the holiday season. I have a nice little, uh, nice little Christmas, uh, episode for you too. So 
Thank you guys for rocking with me. Thanks for listening. Thank you for all the support. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. Catch you on tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.